Paul continues to talk about how a spirit-filled life should manifest in our relationships and in our circumstances in today's passage. He speaks generally to two categories today, children and parents and slaves and masters. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are diving into episode 163 today, and we are praying through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. But before we get to that point, we're going to open with a bit of worship, and today we are in Ephesians 6, 9. Now, I'll read it and then make a quick comment before we pray. The text says, And masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. We're going to get to the whole slaves and masters part of that passage in a few minutes. But what I wanted to pull out for worship this morning is this idea that you know that both their master and yours is in heaven. God is our master in heaven. He often speaks Um, And Paul uses it in the openings of many of his letters. He is a slave to Christ. And so that's where we're coming from today in worship. Will you want to join me? Will you want to join me? That sounded really funny. Okay. Sounded funny to me. All right, let's go. Father, this morning is a new week for us, but just one of a million times that I can sit down with you and talk to you about the things going on in my life and the things going on around me and around the world. And I'm grateful for that opportunity this morning. I'm grateful that I get to share it with these people from across the world, whether they're here with me live or on a replay or even on a podcast and just the the technology and the ability to do that. I'm grateful for this morning. We honor you with this word that not only is triggering in many respects, but um, hard for us because this, particularly in the United States, this uh, value of independence and I am my own master and I am my own boss and nobody else can tell me what to do. And I uh, set the course for my life is just so ingrained with us that the idea of being a slave to something is disturbing Not only that, but you layer that on the top of the actual issues with slavery in our country, and it becomes very charged. And so as we talk through this today, I pray that you would help us approach this in the way that's helpful for us. Pray that you would, Spirit, open this passage to our understanding, that you would um, help us whatever kind of baggage that we come in to this conversation with you with. I pray that you would help us ease the burden and lay that down and just talk with our hearts about how we should respond to this, to these instructions. There's more context for me to give. So guide my speaking in that regard, that the things that I say are helpful and illuminating, and that anything that is incorrect or not helpful that you would keep me from saying. We come to you as children. Your word says that we are your children. We are part of your family, adopted sons and daughters. And and, and there are so many ways that we can describe our identity, but the, one of them that we don't often choose because an adopted son and daughter of the king, prince and princesses, is just far more easy and fun to think about than the idea of slave and master. But Paul calls himself a slave of Christ. And you are, in so many respects, so far above and beyond our understanding, our comprehension, our humanness, and 
we owe our lives to you. You purchased our lives with your blood, Jesus, and we owe you our lives. In many ways, we are slaves to Christ. And as I come before you with that recognition that you are far above us, that you are your majesty is overwhelming. Your strength and your power are beyond what we can match or even contemplate, uh, that you are worthy of our worship in so many ways. And you are not only worthy of our worship as we kind of speak it out in in these moments, but as we live our lives, as we walk through our circumstances, as we do all the things that we think we have control of or want control of in our day-to-day circumstances, those really belong to you. And as we move through them, I want to recognize this morning your authority over my life. I guess that's what it boils down to, your authority over my life, over the actions I take, over the things that I say, over the things that I think, over the work that I do, over the way I interact with my family. I acknowledge your authority in all of those things in my life this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to do this a little bit differently today. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9 is the passage that we're in. And before I get to the prayer or even the commentary, I'm going to to say a few things, then I'm going to read the passage, then give you some commentary and context, and then we're going to pray. So last week we had passages where Paul was making points about what the spirit-filled life was supposed to look like, and he spoke to some of the main building blocks of society. He spoke to husbands and wives in last chapter. And the chapter break between five and six tends to camouflage the fact that today's verses are still about that outflow of a spirit-filled life. We have two main relationships that we're going to talk about today. Last week was husbands and wives. This week we have children and parents. And then we have masters and slaves. Actually, not this week, today. Wednesday, we get into a whole other topic. He switches topics. So I'm going to read this passage and then talk through some context, and then we'll pray. So this is Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. Okay, that's the passage. You may have heard most of those verses before. They're very, I mean, not maybe the most popular, but they're not so much the ones that I think of as the mug (laughs) verses where you would print it on a mug or a notepad, but we hear them frequently. We get this instruction from Paul to honor your parents and obey them. To honor one's parents means to show them respect and love, to care for them, and to seek to bring honor to them by the way we live our life. He says, obey them and honor them. Honor is the attitude while obedience is the resulting action. Then we get this thing that reads like a promise, do it and you will experience long life. It will go well with you in the land. And like much of Proverbs, 
This is a statement of principle, not a specific promise. He's not, it's not a, um, a cause and effect. You will do this and I promise you will live really long. We know that from experience that that's not true. But instead of being a specific promise, this is a general understanding. Paul's underlining the way that families are designed to function. Here's a quote from a a commentator that will help maybe pull that into perspective. A general principle that obedience fosters self-discipline, which in turn brings stability and longevity in one's life. Stated conversely, it is improbable that an undisciplined person will live a long life. And... A child living in willing obedience illustrates how believers need to live in utter dependence upon the Lord moment by moment. So then we come to some parenting advice. Don't stir up anger in your kids. And this is more about a long-term resentment or bitterness or seething anger than not allowing your kids to experience the normal anger. One commentator said it like this. The negative was necessary because in the ancient culture of both Gentile and Jewish households, the father often ruled the family in a rigid and domineering way, with little concern for the desires and welfare of the wife and children. The gospel changed these Gentile fathers, and Paul reminds them of their new way of living that is now possible because of the filling and empowerment by the Holy Spirit. They are to throw off the filthy garments of the old man that they used to be in Adam and put on the new garments of righteousness that they are now in Christ. To add a little bit of historical context, at this time in the Roman Empire, the government had to issue incentives to get people to raise kids because the nature of the family as we know it was non-existent. Marriages were often temporary. People switched partners uh, all the time, frequently, and children were impediment to that. They were, uh, they were trouble. Babies were presented to a father at birth. They were laid at his feet. And if he picked the child up, it lived. If not, if he turned and he walked away, that child was disposed of, if not outright killed. They often left them at the forum where they were gathered up for stocking brothels. Fathers had life and death control over their kids' lives for as long as they lived. No matter how powerful someone got or successful they were, a father could decide at any time to do whatever he wanted with that child's life. Totally different dynamic than what we think about in our culture as as that parenting uh, relationship. And then we come to the sentences about slaves and masters. Expositor's Greek Testament has a helpful note that says, many questions would inevitably arise with regard to the duties of masters and slaves in a society in which slavery prevailed and had the sanction of ancient and undisputed use. Especially would this be the case when Christian slaves, of whom there were many, had a heathen master, and when the Christian master had heathen slaves. Hence this considerable place given in the New Testament to this relationship and the application of Christian principles. So, a little more historical context in this relationship. At this time, there were often more slaves than free people in any given community. Two-thirds to one-third, I think, was the um, statistic that I read. Anything considered work was done by slaves. The freed people were above work in their minds at this time. So slaves were doctors and others, what we would think of as professional, as well as what we have often think in our culture about slaves as agriculture or labor or house workers. Slaves were considered property, so much so that there were descriptions of the tools that a freed owner had at his disposal. He had inanimate tools, which were machines, 
inarticulate tools, which were animals, and articulate tools, which were slaves. And when any one of these broke or were sick or were past their useful use, they were discarded or destroyed. Masters had absolute power and were more often than not cruel and capricious. So into this culture of parenting and slave owning comes this new faith and all of these questions rise up about how would we live in this situation within the different areas of society. This would have been a hot topic at the time of many conversations and questions. I'll say one more thing. It has been used, this passage has been used in context to talk about the nature of work as well. So it's addressed to slaves and masters, but it does have some application that we can make to the nature of what we do as well, how we live out our work and our life situation in that way. So now that I've said all of that, hopefully that gives a little bit of more context to the verses and you've heard them. So let's just jump into prayer and I will walk through this passage in in that way. Father, this relationship of children and parents, certainly it was complicated then. It's often complicated now because we are human and we often don't put you at the center of our relationships. So as we think about these verses, we think about our own situation with our parents or our children or any other relationship, frankly, I ask that you would teach us to put you at the center of it. What does that look like in in practical ways? How can we serve you within our relationships? We asked that question last week about husband and wives. How can we serve our spouse within the context of our relationship? And I asked that about children and parents as well. There may be hurt. There may be um, difficulty. There may be no relationship or parents that have passed. And however you call us to honor and serve our parents in the context of the relationships that we particularly find ourselves in, I pray that your spirit would just, um, I want to say flood, flood those relationships with the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would enable us through that power to live in a way that is honoring no matter what those circumstances are, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. I pray that we would learn how to honor in the context of those relationships. That doesn't necessarily mean standing under abuse, but it does mean that we need to rely on your spirit to allow us to allow us to honor in the way that's appropriate, that you have designed our path to be. So help us see that, help us learn to do that, help us navigate those relationships with wisdom and spirit and love. You tell us not to parent in a demeaning or a way that stirs up our children's long-term uh, resentment and anger. And I pray that you would just, um, <laughs> that's such a difficult relationship. It's so hard. I, you know, throughout history, the relationship with parents and children have changed so much. And I don't don't think it's ever been easy. But in the path that we walk today, pray that for all parents listening that are joining me, we ask you to give us your wisdom because we need it. Help us to put you at the center of that relationship also. Help us to parent in a way that honors you and that points our kids towards you. And then we get to this part in this passage about slaves and masters. And I ask that you would give us wisdom as we think about this. Certainly, we today would look at this and say that slavery is wrong. But help us set that aside for the moment 
and be able to pull some things out of this text that may be helpful for us. First, this idea that at the end of the passage that says that both slave and master are both under you. You are their author- you are the authority of no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, life circumstances or uh, social status or any country, any people, we are under your authority, both those in power and those out of power. Let's just say it that way. Those who hold power, those who do not hold power, all are underneath your authority and you do not show favoritism. That sentence right there should change how we approach our life. And I pray that you would give us the specific instruction on how we can learn to see people differently when we understand that you don't show any favoritism based on the social standing or power dynamic that we have here on earth in any of our societies, any of our cultures. Help us to treat people the way you see people. Help us to serve no matter which circumstance we're in, whether we are high on the power dynamic scale or low. Help us to serve the people around us with a sincere heart. Let our work be done as it is, as if it was done for you and with the excellence that we can put forward to it. People pleasing in any circumstance is a dangerous habit to get into, a dangerous path to walk down. And I pray that the things that we do would not be for the benefit of those around us, but for the benefit of the people we serve and the God that we serve. Help us to do so with a sincere heart fully devoted to your will for our lives. Help us to obey those that we need to obey here on earth with fear and trembling in the sincerity of the heart as we would obey Christ. That sentence that we would obey our human masters the way whenever we find ourselves in that situation with fear and trembling as we would for Jesus. Like help us to treat that as importantly as if we were serving the Lord, because we are, because really there's no, there's nothing that we do here on earth that we can't do to serve the Lord. And I pray that you would help us to see our lives that way from the smallest detail to the largest one. Help us to treat people that we find, um, gosh, the only, this is a crude phrase, but beneath us, like people walk through life with that um, attitude that there are are people who are above us and people who are below us. And I pray that you would just root that out of our our relationship dynamics, that when we see people, it is not through that lens, but instead through this lens of you were created in the image of God and hold infinite value. Help us to approach every single relationship like that from the person that society considers least to the person that society considers most. Let us be known by our love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me, friends. That didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but that happens sometimes. I so appreciate you being here with me. If you're here on the Grace on the Gravel Road page uh, when we do this live or replay, we'll be back on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time. And we will close out the chapter, but also close out the book. We are at the end of the book of Ephesians. If you are a podcast listener, thank you for joining us in that format. And I would love it if you would share it with a friend that you think would benefit from joining their voice with ours in prayer as well. 
Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road. And as we do this a couple of times a week, I really want both of us, both you listening and me doing, to grow in our prayer lives as we dig into Scripture this way. I also pray that God would answer these prayers that we pray in mighty ways. I pray that you would see change in your life at the same time I would see change in my life. But really, the thing I am most concerned about is that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us the words that we pray each day. 